I want you to breathe with me. Close your eyes and picture the ocean. It's long rolling waves falling into the earth at your feet as you inhale that greeting of elements. Exhale as the waves recede, leaving behind a refreshed and cleansed shore. Welcome to Young at Birds. Matt here. I'm very happy that you're here and appreciate, appreciate, I appreciate your attention. Guess what? This is episode 30. Um, That's insane to me. I didn't think I'd ever get to 30 of anything um, to say really, and maybe I don't. I'm pretty much making this up as I go along, but it's, but it's episode 30. And we cracked just, we just cracked 600 listens, um, which is so cool. And for you listeners out there, uh, I just made the jump to video as well. So I am on my own um, posting the videos, um, yelling at birds, uh, podcast on Facebook. I'm still kind of working on, um, it's just my own personal YouTube page that the videos are living. Uh, Obviously, I'm just kind of learning learning as I go along, but this is, you know, phase two, I guess. I guess phase one was writing the stuff, phase two was recording it, and maybe this is phase three. Um, Before I get into the episode, a a little bit of some self-promotion. This little guy sitting right here over my shoulder is a book I wrote. Um, In hindsight, I should maybe have uh, swapped the, the top and the bottom text there. Um, maybe tried a little harder to eliminate the some of the highlighting, um, but here it is. Uh, this is a this is a part like this podcast of me expressing myself, uh, much like the podcast videos, uh, social pe- social media, socialpedia. Uh, you learn all things social on socialpedia. That's where I go for all of my information. Um, social media posts I make. It is uh, well. Really, this story is Burton and the Dinosaur, uh, and I kind of put Burton and the Elf there to uh, inspire maybe another series. I'll do another story, so uh, probably should have flipped them. Um, but um, this is a it's a children's Christmas story that's been sitting on my computer for, um, I don't know, 10 years. It's the product of a fun conversation I was having with my friend Clara Davies back in Eau Claire. Uh, We were talking about creative endeavors at the time. And what I was talking about was when I was younger, one of my favorite school activities, I think this was in fourth or fifth grade, um, was when our teacher would give us a story starter where she would just write the first sentence or three words and then, you know, we would have to write a page or two, at least a page or two of a story. Sometimes it would just be as long as you can go. Um, but this is an insanely fun uh, way to explore our imaginations. And it was a lot of fun for me. So Clara challenged me to write a story and she gave me a few characters and that needed to be in the story. And I just kind of went with it. Now, I can't remember. I can't remember if she said it had to be Christmas related, knowing her. Probably. 
Um, but the characters were an elf and a dinosaur. So naturally, Christmas is the obvious tie-in because holiday dinos. Um, but from that idea came this book involving elves, Santa, accidental time travel, dinosaurs, and a host of other characters. Burton meets along the way. Um, put it right up there so you can kind of look at it. Uh, since then, I've... I have submitted the story to various literary agents and publishers, not really knowing what the hell I was doing. It was usually just like I was bored one day, so I Googled someone and just sent them, you know, looked at their query ap application and sent it in. That was it. Um, not knowing what I was doing and collect, I, so I, and I collected some very friendly rejection letters along the way, but at the very least for me, they were indicators that I was trying something. I had thoughts on doing something last year, but they got delayed. Um, I got myself into trouble, and I ended up losing focus. Uh, but now this year was the year, so there it is. It was super easy for me. Um, this isn't really a plug. This is just how I did it. Um, as Amazon has a self-publishing wing, and did not didn't cost me anything other than time up front. Uh, so. Regardless of what happens with the story, whether it sells well or not, um, whether it spawns more stories or just gathers dust on a digital bookshelf, um, it's a real thing I made and put into the world, and I'm very happy with it. Again, it's a it's a children's book. Um, it's a children's book, but adults might like it too, especially adults still young at heart, like like myself, like Clara, like a little most of the other people I know or associate with. Uh, it has themes of Christmas, having a helpful and positive attitude, compassion and empathy, cooperation and community. For those listening, you can find the book by searching for Burton and the Dinosaur on Amazon or Facebook. I did make a Facebook page. For those of you watching, I'm going to add a the direct website to the sales page um, on the description below. I've, uh, I'll be making a proper commercial after Thanksgiving and throwing it on the Burton and the Dinosaur, Burton and the Dinosaur Facebook page, and I'm, I will be committing a portion of the book sales to uh, paying down student loan, uh, student lunch debt in my surrounding area. There already are local organizations, thankfully I live in the place where there are plenty of local or organizations already working on that, but every little bit helps. Um, so, welcome to episode 30. In in preparation of this episode, I did a thing. The thing was something I, I very commonly do. Uh, a common thing that faces anyone when they're coming up on something that maybe they're excited for, but more so nervous for, and I put it off. I put it off for, I don't know, a week and a half. But, you know, excuses. It's been a busy week. And... Uh, a week and change, however long it's been, two weeks, uh, leading up to this. But that's that's an excuse we always use. Um, honestly, I didn't... When I got home or when I had time to do it, I just didn't feel like doing it. And that's not the right approach to anything because, you know, as I said before, action breeds motivation. And I think I was relying too much on just sitting around and being inspired to make a video or write something or record something and... It's not going to happen. You can't, you can't rely on that, especially for something that 
you feel is important to yourself and you want to do. Um, so the excuses, I didn't feel like it, it didn't feel right. I want to make sure it's perfect, etc., etc. But like anything else, I just need to do it. That's it. That's why. So as my punishment, I did work most. I did most of the work on this uh, on a work work night a few nights ago, and then it got done. I finally called it quits at like midnight. Um, because the only way I'm going to learn to just do things is just to, just to do them, um, especially when it's not convenient for me. So thank you for being here and being a part of this. I really appreciate it. Well, um, let's see. I'm reading. It's been a good week. So it was a full week. Typically, I'm more than happy to come home from work and nestle up on the couch and hide for another night, recharging my batteries, so to speak, before heading back out there in the world to try again. But... This past week when I was working on this, there were a lot of things, a lot of good things. Recovery meetings, birthdays, a quarterly meeting of a group that I'm a part of and very excited about and, a, um, and I'll get into a little bit later, um, and an especially busy week of work. Now, I consider myself to be naturally introverted or a natural in introvert. If uh, I'm starting to, which I'm starting to challenge that thinking a little bit, or at least push myself out of that thinking. I know this is kind of like a baby step. I'm challenging it because of what just letting it naturally happen does to me, or just following along the natural energies I feel. I'm not challenging at all the, the nature of introverts and extroverts, or challenging the existence of differing ways that interaction with other people can have the effects that that can have on our energy our energy levels. I'm just challenging my own natural inc inclinations. And I'll get to the point of this in a minute, I promise, but I started to think about my energy level as a muscle. And if I want to strengthen it when it comes to interaction with other people, I'm going to have to push myself to work it out a little bit more. So I thought about what was what was letting myself succumb to to my introverted tendencies done for me? Well, I tend to be pretty appreciative, and I guess quite a bit. It's done quite a bit for me if I really think about it. I mean, the invention of the internet as we know it hasn't helped too much, but allowing myself to be introverted has pushed me into a, a deeper understanding of myself. It's stoked my love and interest of movies, storytelling and my appreciation of true self-expression. It has, in my own mind, set me a little on the outside of society. Not full-blown separate, but um, a little on the outside. And it's allowed me, well, not really allowed me, it's forced me, and by the way, I know that it, it's forced me. I know that, that it is me. I have forced me to be more self-reliant and independent when it comes to figuring things out and working through problems. Hence this. Um, it's also made me a little weird, which is like a huge fucking bonus for me. I, rem I, I remember when I was younger, um, even in, I think, like kindergarten, uh, being called weird was like the coolest thing anybody could ever call me. Like that was, I love that. Um, so I'm very, I'm very, very appreciative of my natural inclinations because 
I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing. Uh, I wouldn't really change a thing about anything leading up to this moment right here and right now. On the flip side, though, all of the the reading, all of the thinking, all of the observing in the world is is still a poor substitute for even the smallest amount of doing. There was a time when I felt like I had a pretty strong grasp on human nature. And maybe I do, um, but what I'm realizing is that this uh, human, human nature I think I have a grasp on is all in my head. If, if I'm not out there interacting, if I'm not out there doing, if I'm not out there trying al alongside other human beings, then um, I'm really not learning a thing about them. I'm only... I'm really only creating characters of people and reasons they do what they do in my mind. And everything will be even more skewed by my own opinions. Um, another thing isolating myself has been doing is really slowing everything down. Um, sure, I, ha I do have a lot of faith in my ability to continue to change, grow, and succeed, but um, it's a much longer road when you force yourself to walk down it alone or when you're forced. Um, had I only allowed myself to let other people in, uh, really let them in, I probably wouldn't have had to struggle so much to be where I am now. And, and honestly, I, I hardly felt like I really struggled, but there would have been more opportunities for me out there, more paths to take. I would have had a more, would have had a more, I, w I would have had more resources to grow faster. <clears throat> like this, this sobriety thing wouldn't have taken me over a decade to change, to change right now what I should have changed 10 years ago or more. Uh, it wasn't until I let other people inside into what is really going on with me that I started to really heal myself and grow. And this is a part of that. Uh, you, you're all a part of that. Helping me express myself, helping me um, just being, being there, watching this, listening to this, everything. You're a part of me helping myself kind of take those little steps to connect with a broader range of people or connect, connect with more people. <clears throat> so uh, getting to the point of the episode, I, I go to meetings now slower. I go to meetings now. Uh, will I continue? Um, time will tell, but I know that I'm always happy when I do go. Uh, speaking of that, I have one tonight in about an hour. Um, there's always some, there's always something, some little kernel of a thought that I take away. The last few meetings in, in different groups, actually, the same type of theme popped up and that was the, the theme of connection. One popular saying is, um, I, I go to sm uh, SMART meetings are the main meetings that I go to. Uh, SMART Recovery Meetings, which stands for Self-Management and Recovery Training. And the meetings focus on building a better self-management process by challenging and growing our thought patterns. Um, anyone is welcome to go to those meetings and they are beneficial to anyone having problems with really any type of addictive behavior. Like, like I was saying, one popular saying or mantra is 
The opposite of addiction is connection. The opposite of addiction is connection. It's a huge part of those meetings, actually, and a big reason for the meetings themselves. I mean, it does it does a lot of good to sit in a room completely free of labeling and judgment to openly openly discuss your struggles, your challenges, uh, your struggles and your challenges, your successes and your and and your goals. Um, at any time when I was struggling with addictive behavior, what was I doing? Um, I know that I was isolating or isolation was a big part of it. Did a burp. So I was shying away or rather running away from connection. No matter how many people I had around me, I was choosing to completely struggle on my own. Um, and since I was choosing not to really connect with many people, like really, really connect with many people, I had some, but um, since I was choosing to completely uh, not really connect with anyone, I I had very few people to answer to. So that was, I was kind of protecting myself from extra shame and responsibility by doing that too. So I had less people to answer to. Um, and I see that as I was taking the path of least resistance. If I didn't have many people to answer to, I could really... I could do really whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted, and not have to feel ashamed or weird or like I'm really failing, uh, protecting myself from um, kind of those looks, those discussions, those anything, and really getting nowhere. Um, yeah. So like I said, it wasn't until I started opening up to those around me that I started to feel um, more of a responsibility to get better. I don't think I'll ever really know um, what effect my addiction had on other people. Um, like I said, it's extremely isolating and it starts with that choice between addiction and connection and a million other choices that pull you one way or the other. Short-term versus long-term, short-term pleasure, or escape versus long-term tremendous joy or building a life. And I'm not advocating for or against it being, I'm not advocating for or against addiction being a disease um, or for some people being more inclined to addiction than, than others. Um, that, may, that, may, that very well may be the case. Um, and it's a valid consideration. But what I believe ties a lot of addictions together and this can be any addiction, it is an isolation and a certain emptiness that we're trying to fill with a specific substance or specific action. One question to ask yourself may be, um, what void am I attempting to fill? What missing piece are you substituting for? What void was I filling? So that's a difficult question to answer and even more of a difficult question to answer honestly, honestly for yourself. And for those of you out there with loved ones displaying addictive behavior, the honest answer that question, to that question might be difficult to hear, uh, or at least difficult not to take personally, because you may feel like you're somehow not enough to fill that void. Um, it's frustrating. It's just as frustrating. Um, it's just as frustrating to the people going through it. 
uh, countless times I know I was ba- I was baffled by myself, wondering why why what I had or who I was with was really never enough. Like, I always needed more, more. Um, so what what void was I filling? I don't know. I think that I had some feeling of, I think there, there was just some, a natural laziness I feel for me, for myself. Um, I feel like there was, I wasn't happy because I believe that there needed to be more. Um, when I was younger, you know, it was, life was more than just school and then getting a job and then working. And then, you know, the next thing I could see, I could see a pattern in people around me and, um, just everyday people in the small talk conversations and the way they went about their lives that it was kind of sad and depressing for me. Like, that's it really. Um, the things that were popular, the things that were that we seem to spend all of our attention on. Um, I think the void was that finding what meant more to me than all of that other stuff and not, but I think I took the path of least resistance and I filled it with, um, just drinking to escape and forget all of that because I was in that system too, that system of work, school, home, bills, sleep, wake, repeat, and I wasn't happy with it. And had I, had I maybe talked to somebody about it at the outset and really connected, I probably would have found out that they're not happy with it either completely. And maybe it was, um, choosing to do what I did to escape everything wouldn't have seemed like a reasonable decision had I let someone in at that time. Another thing why it was choosing the path of least resistance is I think I knew, I knew what I wanted. I knew what I wanted at an early age. And I think I half-assed tried some easy things and they didn't work or I just, you know, I wanted, you know, I just felt like if I wanted enough without actually doing any action that things would just happen. Um, so there was frustration there. And I think that was, I think that was a big part of the void was being unable to regiment myself and, um, do the work necessary in order to get what I really wanted. Because if I'm, uh, oh yeah, by the way, hair like this, um, it's my day off. So yeah. Um, so the void was the void was the work in between and not wanting to do that and not like not regimenting myself to do that. And, and this is maybe a baby step to that too, because you know, one thing I want to do is help. And this is how, this is the first step and how I know how to do that. And I know I was, I know it was allowing connection to happen. I mean, at any time I could have expressed these views to somebody around me and I just didn't. 
And that's another part of the hard work or the work that it takes to get what you want <clears throat> and being willing to do it or not being willing to do it. And if you're not, like if I wasn't, I wasn't at the time, you know, I was a hard, a hard worker in my jobs and school and everything, but to what, but that was just what somebody else already laid out for me. But what I wanted to do, you know, if you want to create something of your own, you have to kind of lay the groundwork. And that's something that I just originally wasn't willing to do. Yeah. So there's that. So starting that. So at 35, what am I? 34. I'm starting that now. Almost 35. And had any, at any point, had I allowed connection to happen, I think that this all would have been a lot easier. But maybe I wouldn't have learned that in a true deep way. Who knows? But I believe that true connection is something that we, even though we might not admit it, really do need. I mean, drink enough water, eat enough food, sleep, be active enough, and connect. I do feel like it's on the same level. Well, it's, I feel like it's a core need that, but it's a core need that we have to look allow ourselves to pursue like but like motivation positive life choices like anything worth doing in your life connection isn't something that someone else can do for you obviously you need another person to to be a part of it but um you can have the friendliest person in the world the most open person in the world sitting right across from you but if you're not willing to open up to and connect and be maybe be vulnerable or be honest it's not going to happen. It's an active choice and it can, it can start with small but necessary steps. So bef before this, um, a few years ago, one of the small steps that I made, I, I heard about this, um, silly little bicycle bar hop in, in the area. And I didn't have a bike at the time. I have, I have one now and I, Obviously, it's winter. I don't really use it. A lot of people do, but I don't. Um, but I heard about this silly bicycle bar hop. Um, beer by Bike Brigade in the lacrosse area here. And I just kept hearing these stories about... So I wanted to connect with something that meant something. And I kept hearing these stories about they would do the, do the bar hops. They would raise money for local causes um, important causes. <clears throat> and I, I wanted to be a part of it, but, um, I hadn't yet pushed myself beyond my close, safe circle of, of friends and family. So it started out with, I had a friend to go with, uh, at the bar down the street where I was living, um, at that time. And, I remember not knowing many people there, so I'd have a few conversations, kind of stick around my friend really closely, and then I haven't cleared it with this person to say any names, so I won't, but uh, the main representative of the group, I remember having, I don't know if he would remember this, but I remember introducing myself, not really having anything to say, but like, I want to be a part of this, how do I tell somebody that, <clears throat> and Really, I think it was just a handshake and I probably started getting social anxiety or something, like started sweating right away. 
Um, and that was about it. And I left. And another event came around that I worked with my schedule. So I did it again. Stayed a little bit longer. Knew a few more people. Got real nervous. Left. But these are these are my baby steps. My little steps to take uh, in pushing myself out there a little bit. Working, working on my isolation, my anti-isolation muscle. And so that, that developed into being a part of another group that started shortly after that, um, the, called the League of Ridiculous. Oh, and meeting, meeting the right people and um, hearing about this group in lacrosse, lacrosse soup. So these are all amazing organizations of just community of community, of compassion, of, <clears throat> excuse me, of community and compassion in the area that do a lot of good. And the second group that I was uh, lucky enough to get in really quickly with was called the League of Ridiculous. And the original premise was 12 months out of the year, you know, each group member pays $50 a month. And each month there's a new project to do head, headed by one group member um, that and quickly in from 12 people it went to 24. And so there's two projects a month. Um, but that money that was pooled each month was to fund a project of that group member. So then um, things that were important to you, things that meant something. Um, I think maybe my favorite event that I wasn't able to participate in was um, putting was one of the months one of the groups put together um, period packs for local food shelters and pantries so feminine care items uh, put together in and feminine care uh, personal care items that were put together and donated that was an amazing program um, and then this year the the league started a different um, started the same type of idea but, oh. and if, if you're interested, uh, 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 reach out. So, League of Ridiculous. If you're interested, find the group on Facebook, League of the Ridiculous. There's this member registration, complete email to League of the Ridiculous at gmail.com. But so the setup, the setup this year is um, <clears throat> each member, I think there's over 118, 120 uh, members, <coughs> members right now, each member gives, donates $100 per quarter. So $400 a year and each quarter, it's similar to the premise of lacrosse suit, each quarter, um, Everybody nominates some person or cause for their money to go to. The money get then that quarter gets pooled together. Three, three um, speakers are drawn out of a hat out of those nominations. Um, they present. We pick a winner. Everybody gets that money. So this year, the Catholic Charities Warming Center, first year one, quarter one, Catholic Charities Warming Center received a donation of $11,800. There you go. Um, and so had I not taken those first steps earlier, I wouldn't have the chance to do this and be in this um, in this wonderful group. 
to provide for a very deserving organization that does even more good. Um, so fostering connection. Um, it's a very important aspect of getting back to the smart recovery meetings. It's a very important aspect of the smart recovery meetings that I mentioned. You're there for a common reason, hearing and sharing stories without judgment, forging for even a moment, a connection with the other people there. The second point brought up at the meetings is you also have, have to do something with that connection. So meetings alone aren't good enough. You have to make a choice beyond your recovery, uh, maybe to connect with other people in recovery outside of meetings, doing something that brings you joy. And that's, that's the idea of this podcast, um, this book and these videos. I know that, I know that me, um, reading, reading from and talking to a screen isn't the connection I've been talking about or that the meeting facilitators, facilitators intended. But my hope is that by sharing myself with you and everyone else, it opens up the idea, the idea of connection or opens up the idea of you taking some steps towards it, towards being comfortable to talk to somebody about what you're going through or what they're going through without agenda and without judgment. This, this is my way of, of getting these thoughts out of my head and into the world where it might help someone without me ever knowing it. Um, maybe it makes those that know me feel a little more comfortable to reach out to me, to push me further out of my introverted tendencies and to help me work on my connection and interaction muscles. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, that's it. So that ended up being longer than I planned. Thank you for being here. Um, Thank you everyone who has, has reached out and messaged me so far. I appreciate hearing everything from you. I hear, I appreciate hearing, hearing your stories, um, hearing what kind of kernels of thought that this podcast and these videos kind of put in your head to talk to someone that, you know, to reach out to somebody that you need. Um, and if you'd like to reach out to me or if you'd like to reach out to me, I would love to hear from you. Um, you can, you can message me, uh, on Facebook, yell, yelling at birds podcast on Facebook or yelling at birds on my Patreon page, which I don't know. I'm still kind of deciding if that's what I want to do. It doesn't really a charged, a charged monthly rate to see my content. I'd rather just kind of put it out there and just see what happens. We'll figure it out. Um, so reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. And, um, on the flip side, if it's not if it's not abundantly clear from this show, um, I'm not a licensed professional. So please, if you do need help, if you are going through some serious, serious issues, you don't feel comfortable talking to family members about it, please, please do seek the help of a licensed professional, um, therapist, um, a guidance um a therapist, a counselor, somebody. There are resources in your town um, to help no matter what you're going through. Um, so in the event that you truly do need help, if, you want, if you'd like to reach out to me anyway, I would certainly appreciate it. Um, I would just like to 
to um, state that I am not I am not a licensed professional. So make sure that if you do really need help, that you seek out to the appropriate people. So thank you again for everything. Uh, reminder that this children's elf and dinosaur time travel book is on sale now at Amazon. And a portion of my sales, again, a portion of my sales will be directed to paying down student lunch debt in my immediate area. So that's all I have for this week. Thank you very much for being here. Stay cool, birds. <laughs> uh, that was dumb. <laughs>